Blog Talk Radio. Good evening, everybody. Welcome to Talking in Circles. I am Clayton Calder with Philip Matthew and Spencer Cowan here tonight. The Blue Emu Maximum Pain Relief 500 is complete at Martinsville Speedway, and your winner was Martin Trix Jr. out of Mayetta, New Jersey. It's Trix's 29th Career Cup Series victory, and he did it today in pretty impressive fashion at the end. Only with 20 laps, but it was a very important 20, the last 20 of that race. And he goes into victory lane. Chase Elliott was second. Denny Hamlin finished third. Then it was William Byron and Kyle Larson rounding out the top uh, top five there in the Cup Series race. Um, a race that was really changed on the last restart there. There was a caution that uh, occurred when Chase Briscoe got up into the marbles and spun. He blew a tire and spun with about 50, uh, 40 laps to go. And um, it changed the end of that race because the fastest car of that race was Ryan Blaney, who led 157 laps, was probably the dominant car of the day, and during the pit stop, he dragged his, his pit gun through his pit stall, and it put him to start at the rear of the field. He came all the way from about 23rd to finish uh, 11th there on that final on that final run, and uh, it was a very impressive final run for him, but fortunately for him, does not go to victory lane in what could have been a win for that team. After a great run, but uh, the Blue Emu Maximum Pain Relief 500, Martin Schuster. Spencer, I thought it was a very impressive victory today. Um, this three team or this 17, this 19 car, excuse me, this 19 car was about third all day. Was hanging up there in the top five, and we've all kind of sat here with this 19 team and say the last two years, a year and a half really. Last year we felt like. They were good, but they weren't where they were with Cole Pern. When Cole Pern left that team, he was such a good crew chief. They haven't really figured that out yet. They haven't figured out how to win races on a consistent basis without Cole Pern. Well, Spencer, I think Martin Truex Jr. is getting to that point where he can win on a consistent basis. He does it today at a short track and, and passed Denny Hamlin to do it at his hometown racetrack. One of Hamlin's best, best racetracks. A very impressive win for Martin Truex Jr. What your thoughts? Yeah, I mean, that was, um, they obviously weren't there all race. Um, and, you know, they came around when the time mattered. And, it's for, you know, whether it was the, you know, the shade on the racetrack or the track temps cooling down, <clears throat> a lot of that matters. And that's how sensitive these cars are. I mean, the slightest little bit can get you rolling. And um, But, yeah, back to the crew chief thing, you know, I always, to me, I think those, those um, those type of engineers are the, some of the smartest guys in the garage. Um, they're just number smart and strategy smart. And, you know, to be an engineer involves schooling. And you have to be very smart and um, you have to really <clears throat> know um, setups. And um, there's all kinds of stuff that goes into it. And that's why I'm having a hard time explaining it because I'm not an engineer. I'm not a crew chief. But um, – James Smalls and uh, Cole Pern, they um, they're they're very similar to me. Yes, no. Cole Pern obviously had a lot more success and was a phenomenal crew chief, arguably one of the best in the garage. Um, I would say so. But those two remind me a lot of each other. Just their their personality. Their um, they're they're both just quiet and just stay to themselves and focus on the race cars and. Um, they're two very focused people, and I think you let Truex and that 19 team and everybody over there on top of the box and 
at Joe Gibbs really start clicking, they're going to be dangerous. They just have to find their their find their setup and um, and I think they found it. You know, it's still a little early, but they have two wins and they're the only team to have multiple wins. Yes, it wasn't a dom- dominating performance, but at the end of the day, you named it right. You said it right. They they led the lap that matters, and they're going home with the hardware. They got um, two wins under the belt this year, so uh, I I like I like that combo over there. It, re- it reminds me just like Truex and Colpern. Um, you know, yeah, probably to Truex it doesn't seem like it because Cole was his wingman. But if you ask, you know, you guys might agree. I feel like that is. That's a pretty close pair. Um, and like I said, those engineers, they're very smart people. And now you get a crew chief that um, that's an engineer and might not be as good. But at the end of the day, crew chiefing is um, an important job. And so is engine, being an engineer. And But it's it's still a different role. Uh, that's with any job, really. So, But I, I, I think he's very smart on top of the pit box. And like I said, they, you let him hit his numbers and they get things rolling and they can be dangerous. And this could be uh, 2017 all over again. Yeah, and, and thinking about that change last year and when it occurred, and it, I think it kind of caught a lot of people by surprise, maybe even in Joe Gibbs racing circles. Uh, and, you know, we were so used to seeing that 19 car just being a consistent championship contender. You know, 2017 he won the championship. Uh, 2018 he was second. and 2019 he was second. And last year he finished seventh in points. It was a completely different year compared to what we normally saw with, with the 19 car compared to – not having any practice last year. And it might have taken a little bit of a while for uh, Truex and, Col- and uh, James Small to get their seed legs underneath them a little bit, to get, the, to, to get used to each other. Because even though Small and Pern work together closely, they're not the same kind of person. Uh, they're not the same person exactly. So it might have taken them a little while. But, you know, Truex a couple of times this year, even on the on – uh, I was very impressed with them on a road course at Daytona. In the in the clash, that 19 car was very very good. So, you know, this 19 car, I think it's going to be a big time threat to win this championship here in 2021. Uh, 41 years old, I think we all, you know, he only signed a one year extension. I think we all kind of went oof when we saw that, saying, what does that mean for the future of Martin Truex Jr. and Joe Gibbs Racing? But right now, it seems like everything is is perfectly is going perfectly. Uh, they have, I think, the arguably the best team right now. Um, you know, we can get to the other guys. It's funny because when you look at second and third, they're probably uh, two other favorites as well. And any of the five cars well finish in the top five. But, um, you know, I, I really like what Truex has done. But a little deeper in the field, uh, Chase Elliott today, Philip, not a, a, a classic Chase Elliott dominating performance. Um, we really haven't seen a dominating performance from him this year. He led uh, 44 laps in the one course at Daytona. But, you know, we haven't really seen a dominating performance from him this year. He his only other top five before today was a fifth-place finish at Phoenix. But they had a solid day today, got some points, and a second-place run for Chase Elliott, uh, a very good day. And, and yeah, Danny Hamlin, we talked about it off the air before a little while ago, uh, but Hamlin had a really fast car, led the most laps, and I just think they got off by an adjustment there. But another solid day for Denny Hamlin. So those two guys uh, have to be feeling pretty good about life right now after uh, a solid run for yeah, Clyde going and getting a top five there, Clayton, is not unexpected. Uh, you talk about Phoenix, another great racetrack for him. He went and got the hardware last November. He also goes out at Martinsville where 
he went and got his his uh, championship uh, position last November. Uh, so these are two of the best racetracks for Clyde. He's he's kind of made his name uh, you know, on the road courses, on these flatter racetracks. Uh, getting a top five finish, you know, when you consider that two of his teammates have already won this year, uh, he's doing it differently. He's kind of doing it like his dad used to do and Dale Earnhardt and that whole bit, you know, even what Denny Hamlin who behind him. He's accumulating points and putting himself in position to try to win stages, get them stage points. Uh, that's a way to do things, and you'll go and get your win later. Uh, and you, you figure whether it's Coda or one of these races, Road America, something like that, he'll he'll get his win. Uh, he's a champ for a reason, so he'll he'll figure it out. And Hamlin's just really by the book, getting top fives, top tens. That's the old school strategy, pre uh, chase playoff deal, just getting top fives, top tens every week. He's going to go and get his win eventually. I mean, he probably should have won the Daytona 500. I mean, he's one of a few people that probably could have won that race, but. Um, Hamlin's been up there a lot, um, consistent, and those two guys were two of the final four, and uh, they kind of proved why they were uh, here this afternoon, and uh, wouldn't expect anything different as we keep on going on this season, but, um, you know, Martin Truex is going to be there as well for sure. Yeah, and there was another turning point of this race um, before we get to the rest of the results, but another turning point of this race that really happened and occurred on lap uh, 387. That's when Kyle Busch and Chris Buescher got together and spun. Uh, Buescher took up most of the racetrack when he spun, took out a lot of cars. Brad Keselowski was out of that event. Uh, Kurt Busch got involved in that wreck. Uh, and I'll just name off the drivers who were involved in that wreck, either had some time of damage or – their days were over because of that. Uh, Matthew Benedetto, Ryan Priest, Anthony Alfredo, Eric Jones, uh, Alex Bowman, um, Cody Ware, which he was in four wrecks today, uh, or in this race, I should say, uh, Justin Haley and Daniel Suarez were involved in that race. And that really put a lot of, uh, took a lot of the good drivers. I mean, uh, Kurt Busch was having a pretty good day. Kozlowski was up there. Kozlowski had some issues before. He spun with the 43 and the 42 as well, and that really put his day, uh, changed his day drastically. Um, but, uh, you know, Kyle Busch, his, day, his chance at winning that race was over. Suarez was having a pretty good day, and his day ended. So that was a big-time turning point for that event. Um, and I just want to kind of mention that. If you're wondering where those, some of those guys went, if you watched that race and they're saying, hey, you know, I saw Suarez up there. I saw Kozlowski up there for a little bit. What happened to those guys? They got involved in that big wreck there, and we'll, we'll discuss uh, a little bit more at length here and a little bit later. But uh, as you go through the field, there was a couple of guys who I thought had really good runs. One, I mentioned it earlier, uh, again off air, was Kyle Larson. And, and Larson, and I'm going to just read off his, his career finishes at Martinsville before today's race. Uh, let's just say it wasn't very good. Um, okay, so ninth last year, uh, in 2019, I should say, his last start here, but other than that, he never finished in the top ten other than a third-place run in 2016. Martinsville was not his best racetrack. 
Um, and he goes to Hendrick and he finishes in the top five. I thought it was a solid day for him. Byron had a really good day as well. Uh, he finished fourth. But, you know, a couple other guys, Christopher Bell, I thought, had a pretty good day. Uh, Tyler Reddick, who um, that eight car was, had to start at the rear of the field, worked his way up and got a solid top ten run. I thought he had a really good solid day too. You know, and some guys in there in the top ten who didn't have such good days, but salvaged a good run. Joey Logano, one point in that race, was going to fall a lap down. He got a lucky caution there and, and was the last, literally the last car on the lead lap and got a caution, was able to work on his number 22 car, and he ended up finishing sixth. Uh, Kevin Harvick was another driver. I think he might have been a lap down or close to it again. Uh, Stuart Haas, just a disaster again today. Uh, he finished ninth, so he salvaged a decent day, but that's really where about the best he was all day. And Kyle Busch, I mentioned the early in, incident earlier, wasn't his only incident. He ended up tenth, so... Uh, an interesting back end of the top ten there, uh, Spencer, where you had guys who had some good runs, you know, Reddick and Christopher Bell, but you also had some guys who, you know, kind of salvaged some days with Logano, who at one point was, was terrible, and, and Harvick, who was terrible all day, uh, finishing ninth. What do you think about, about some of those guys, though? Yeah, I mean, a lot of the top top guys, they had issues today or – just didn't run worth a dang. Uh, I mean, you mentioned Harvick, garbage. Kyle Busch, not so great, was involved in two wrecks, spun twice. Um, so not really wrecked, but spun. Um, and he slowly was able to inch his way back up. There was one time where Kyle, I think, was in the top four, top three, um, and then just fell like a rock and was never, never got back up there. And there – there was a lot of guys that, you know, I figured would run a lot better, um, even outside of the top, you know, 15. So there was a lot of guys up and down the field that you were like, man, huh, rough day. Go on to um, Richmond, I believe. That's where we head next. And so, yeah, I mean, as far as Harvick still continuing his bad streak, they're no good. The 18's still off. They're no good. Um, Joey was good at times. You know, he was up front, and then there was one time where he he was running sixth and was just slow, um, chasing the five of Larson, had to go around him on the outside, which is hard to do at Martinsville, and he was actually holding up the nine and the five. I don't know if the nine and the five were just that fast, making him look slow, but um, they were beating his bumper off and saying, hey, let's go, and they got enough and went around him. So I think the track just changed a lot throughout the night. I mean, we went through so much um, – I mean, we were supposed to start at night, and then it got rained, wash all the rubber off from the Xfinity race. And so then um, it started in daytime when it was hot, and then it got, you know, cooled down again. So, I mean, you have to mess with your car throughout the race with the different climate um, and all that stuff. So that could have affected it. But um, as far as the 4 and the 18, um, still on their bad path of terrible finishes. Yeah, and, and the four particularly because Stuart Haas, again, had a really tough day, Philip. Uh, you know, Harvick ninth, and Eric Amarola finished 20th a lap down, which you look at it and say that's not terrible. But this is the guy who, like you said last last week, I think, or two weeks ago, who had a streak last year of 13 or 14 consecutive top 10 finishes. So 20th is bad for them. And that was, again, the best he was running all day long. Um Cole Custer finished 18th, the best he ran all day. He avoided a lot of the wrecks at the end, but not a great day for him. And, and then you had the 14 car who got involved in a wreck. Uh, but he's off to a st- tough start. He's 
finished 27th today. And, and when you look at the points and where those guys are, Harvick, who is eighth in the standings, you look at it and you say, you know, that's pretty good. But, again, this is a four team where we're used to seeing him up in the top three, top four. He's eighth, which is kind of like, oh, man, Harvick. He's not in any kind of trouble, but you sit there and you go, I expect Harvick to be a lot better. But how about the rest of Stuart Haas Racing, where they are in points? Cole Custer's 24th. Chase Briscoe's 27th. Erica Marola is 28th in the standings. Uh, and that's of 31 full, 32 full-time drivers. So um, they are having a, a tough time. And, and, you know, I know we kind of beat this to a dead horse here the last couple of weeks, but I want to reemphasize it because we had a week off last week, and I think a lot of people expected things to change, where if your car, you know, you, weren't, you were struggling a little bit early, you sit there and go, okay, you got some time to work on your race cars. You had a short track where it's – not really aero, you're not really aero-dependent. You, you more focus on mechanical grip at a short track like Martinsville. And you thought, well, if Stuart Haas is going to come back and, and make themselves uh, a halfway decent team again, you know, Martinsville is going to be the place where they can go out there and do it. And I know they had a couple of young drivers at Briscoe and uh, Custer when Martinsville plays more towards the veterans. But still, you expect them to run better than what they did today, Philip. Um, and I think I asked you this a couple of weeks ago. I don't remember your question, but I'm going to ask you it again. I don't remember your answer to my question, but I'm going to ask you this again. Um, where is the panic meter for this team, for this organization? Are you ex- extremely concerned? I mean, again, keep in mind, Harvick's eighth in points. And I'm not worried about them per se, but, uh, you know, if they get any, they struggle anymore here. He's not getting any stage points. He hasn't gotten stage points in a while. But if they struggle anymore here, you know, they're going to fall back into the back end of, out of the top ten. And then you get into a point where if you have a couple of bad weeks, you sit there and go, are they going to make the playoffs? So how, how concerned are you about this Stuart Haas racing team right now, Philip? And, Philip, I think you're on mute there, bud. Um, but how concerned are you about this Stuart Haas racing organization? Um, to me, it's, it's very alarming. What, what's your take? And I think we're having some uh, some mechanical issues there with Philip. I'm going to try and get him uh, back here uh, on on the air, and I apologize. Uh, let's try this again one more time, Philip. Uh, what's your concern level with with Stuart Haas, and and you know, do you think it's a a, a huge deal that they're struggling? What's your thoughts? Yeah, sorry about that. Uh, I was uh, in terms of Stuart Haas, I think. Kevin Harvick said it yesterday during the uh, rain delay or before the race started, before they ended up having to go and call it, um, that they're not due to inspections and the whole bit, that they're not uh, in the same spot as they were last year. You add the fact that you have two very young drivers, that neither of those drivers are really used to this stupid 550 package and no practice and no qualifying because in NASCAR's infinite wisdom, they're the only motorsport that doesn't think you need practice and qualifying because they're morons. Um, that, that's one thing. I mean, Eric Almirola is bottoming out big time, which is a huge problem for them. Uh, we mentioned this offline that, honestly, I don't think the 10 and the 14 
are being optimized the best way. I think they should just swap crew chiefs back. At this point, what's the difference? Uh, they're both so far back in points. Go and put Bogoravich with uh, Chase Briscoe. I think it would be a better uh, fit. And we already know, I forget what the guy's name is, who's the 14 group chief but right now. But they were Klossmeyer. they were good. Yeah, Klossmeyer and, and Al Marola were a great combination in 2018. Uh, they finished fifth in points. Uh, almost made that final four there. Won a race. Uh, probably could have won way more than just the one race. And uh, I don't know why they made that change outside of trying to go and make Clint Boyer relevant. And there's a reason why he's on TV. So, um, I mean, as it stands right now, Hendrick is back and they've been irrelevant for I don't know how many years. And, um, you know, then it's probably because some of the changes in NASCAR made for Chevy and, um, Hendrick's been behind, so they finally made some changes to be better. And you have a good crew there, um, some good crew chiefs in there as well. So they're ahead. So now Stuart Haas is on the back foot, you know. And so uh, it's early in the year, but we're in a very long stretch. This is the start of a probably about four-month stretch where um, – this season's really going to be determined. A lot of what's going to happen this season is going to be determined for the Olympic break. And uh, you would hope that Stuart Haas comes up with something, whether it's on road courses, whether it's on uh, cookie cutters, whatever it may be, to go and get some of their drivers in a victory lane or put themselves in a position to be more competitive. Because Kevin Harvick's not going to, Missed the playoffs. He's too good of a driver. He's won nearly 60 races. He's a Hall of Fame already. Um, uh, you know, the Ronnie Childers is a Hall of Fame crew chief, all that. But the rest of the team is horrendous right now. And the 41 team wasn't very good. I mean, the 41 team, if you really want to get into it, is not a very, has not been a very good team for their entire history. Um, the 14 team has mm-hmm. been basically on and off or generally mediocre since the middle of 2012. And, you know, the 10 car, I mean, if you're running around where he's running right now, that's where Miss Hummer was running. So it all makes sense. But Eric Almerle is a way better driver than that. So I don't know what the heck's the deal. You would think that it'll turn around. I don't know if it'll be next week, but, there are opportunities, especially racetracks and races where they'll actually be able to practice and qualify uh, that might actually allow Stuart Haas to put themselves back in uh, contention again uh, here during this yeah. long stretch. And you mentioned a crew chief swap there. And, and I, personally, I would, I would do more than that. Uh, you know, and, and I don't mean to, to call people out in this, and, and I'm just going to be completely honest. First of all, I agree with you. I don't think they should have made the change to Klausmeyer from Amarola. I'm okay with that going back and, and saying, you know, Klausmeyer and Amarola had a lot of uh, success. The guy I I'm, I'm, would be a little concerned about is Booger Ravitch. Uh, you know, they could work, he could work together with, with uh, Briscoe, but I would put Booger Ravitch on my Xfinity team, call up Richard Boswell, who worked well with uh, Chase Briscoe last year, and say, you know what, we're going to make that work and kind of you know, just get somebody new into that organization 
uh, on the Cup Series side of things, just get somebody a new brain of, of how, how they look at things and say, here's what we need to do because, you know, there's no question. Harvick and Childers are outstanding, and you're absolutely right, both Hall of Famers, and uh, they're, that, they're so good they shouldn't – when they struggle like this, and what I mean struggle is not being really anywhere close. They're in ninth today, and you go, well, ninth's good. That's a pretty good run. But for those guys, you know, that's, that's struggling. And, again, that was the best they ran all day. Um, so, you know, it just shows you the skill of Harvick and, and, uh, and Childers to, to rebound and have a decent day, uh, even though they don't have the cars underneath them right now. So that's, that's alarming. And I, I, my panic level with this organization right now um, is about as high as you can get. They got to do some. They got to do something. They got to change something up here in the next couple of di- couple of weeks. And I know Richmond's next week, and then you got Talladega, and it's sort of you know Richmond's a lot of of what we saw today might be in that Richmond and Talladega is such a wild card um, with what goes on in those super speedway races. But still, you need to make some changes here. They, they can't run like this. Show it to your sponsors. Show it to everybody to, to run a little bit better. Um, going a little deeper in the field, a couple of other guys that really stood out uh, as we run through this this race uh ryan blaney we talked about him earlier and this is a team in this 12 car and, and man I, they just can't seem to close the deal right you know when they need to i mean this he was probably the best car of the day um and just stupid little mistake you know that uh cost them and uh so that's a frustrating day for blaney but they should hang their heads high they really ran good today uh 12th was Matthew Bandetto, who had a lot of a lot of trouble today, a lot of issues with Rex, got him to two or three, and he finished halfway decent in 12th, so they should help hold their head high. Same thing with Chris Busher, 13th. I think the car actually got better after it got damaged, which is crazy to think about. Uh, and Austin Dillon was sort of in the same boat as Ryan Blaney, where they made a, just a, a, a dumb mistake on pit road with that three-car finishing 14th, but he had pretty good speed today as well. Uh, Ricky Stenhouse Jr. wasn't as great as we've seen in the past, 15th. Bubba Wallace, 16th. He seemed to fade late. Uh, again, I don't, uh, and I'll, I'll talk about it a little bit later when I let me run through the rest of this field here. 17th is Ross Chastain. They've struggled. That's another crew chief that I, I think should be in the hot seat there. Phil Surgeon, I, I just, that team's been off today, off this week. Cole Custer, 18th. Um, Ryan Newman, 19th. Newman was better than that. He had a flat tire with two to go and lost a lot of spots. Uh, so he finished 19th, and then Eric Amarola was 20th. Um, but what I want to talk about a couple of things. One is Bubba Wallace, and I just I, I don't mind the calculated risks when they're calculated. It's the risks that you know get you behind that don't make much sense. And and you know he kind of got a little bit off. He led a little bit today, uh, and I think he, he was okay after that. And that car went away towards the end. But a 16th place run, he was. You know, got, got involved in a, a couple of wrecks today. It's Martinsville. It's going to happen. When you're in the middle of a pack of Martinsville, your cars aren't handling so well, that's going to happen. Um, you know, but I just found, you know, 11th through 20th, so much interest in there because you had so many guys who had pretty good days or guys who struggled uh, for one reason or another. Um, Spencer, who really stood out to you today um, from the race? Like, if you, had to, if you had to pick a driver, you sit there and you go, Man, they really had a strong day, or they, or they struggled. Which driver really stood out to you today at, at Martinsville? Before we talk about the points, um, honestly, from eleventh to twentieth, like you said, those are the guys we see run there. Newman's always around the teens. Um, 
Dylan and Busher, they're always kind of in that area. I think the guy that really stands out would be um, that would make the most sense is Blaney. The guy had a phenomenal race car, and really, can they really? I know you said should, they should hang their heads high, but they've went there three years in a row and had the best car out there, led a ton of laps, and they've just never been able to close it off because something stupid has happened. The past two times they've been there, they've had trouble on pit road. That's cost them. And today they they drag a box, out, um, an air gun out. Um, honestly, the tire cha- the tire changer he knew it got hung up. I think he should have just um, you know kind of went back in front of the race car and just took a little bit of time away from the pit. And, but when that thing's hung on the corner of the front bumper on the other side of the race car, Blaney's going to, when he sees that jack go down, he's going to take off. Um, and if you watch the replay, you can kind of see the tire changers like, oh, it's stuck and continues to change the tire. Well, obviously, when you change a tire, the jack man's going to drop it, Blaney's going to go. You can't change the tires, drop the jack, and then run back out in front of the race car and go get the hose. Um, I've, I've, I don't think I've ever seen a car been able to run over a hose and not take the gun out. It's nine times out of ten what happens. They they break the hose and the gun goes flying or it gets caught up. I mean, the race cars are so low to the race grounds. Uh, race, uh, the race cars are so low to the ground. So, um, unfortunate for them, this has just been Blaney's um, career, really. I mean, leading a lot of races. Um, a ton of laps throughout the year, but never been able to capitalize. Or they just they put a bullet in their foot, and that's what they did tonight. So uh, that would really be the guy that kind of stood out. Um, maybe De Benedetto, twelfth. He needed a good run, and he had a lot of damage too, and had to come back to twelfth. So those two guys, I guess you could say. But the other guys there, they kind of finished there on a week basis, anyways. Yeah, Matty D, uh, you know, I don't think we've given him justice yet. He was a, an interesting day today. You know, you talked about it earlier. He got off um, to such a horrendous start this year, and you kind of sat there and said, I expect that 21 car to be a little bit better than what he's been, and he still doesn't have a top 10 finish. But the last three or four weeks, uh, really since he got off to 33rd at Daytona in the 500, 37th at the road course, and and 28th at, at Homestead, put that team in such a big hole. It was 16th at Vegas, 14th at, Ve- at Phoenix, 11th at Atlanta, 13th at the Dirt Race at Bristol, and 12th at Martinsville. So they're starting to find their way here a little bit and, and, and stop the bleeding and close the ground a little bit. Um, certainly getting themselves into a point of, of the season where we still have a long way to go in this regular season where you can sit there and go, okay, that 21 car can – they go on a run. They can get themselves into a, a solid, solid points day. Uh, solid, Sadly, in the playoffs, there's still a long way to go. So uh, they've certainly got themselves to where they can feel – a lot better about themselves. How about you, Philip? Uh, one driver that really stood out to you, I know you picked Kozlowski to win this, and he had a tough day, um, but really wasn't his fault, but is there somebody who really stood out to you when you look at the results here that you sat there and said, either I expected a better day or I didn't expect as good of a day? Who stands out to you? I'm not really sure. I mean, to go through the the results here, I mean, I, I think the notion of, I, I went over Chris Bell and and Larson are two guys that don't have a lot of experience. I mean, Larson has way more experience, of course, with years, but Larson and Bell are not guys that you would think would run well at the short 
uh, at a short flat track. Uh, those were guys that kind of stood out. But I'd also look at in terms of uh, people that were up there. I mean, Reddick is another one. I mean, I look at Busher, uh, Chris Busher, who's a top 15 machine. A couple of years ago, you'd talk about him, Clayton, every week when he was driving the 37 car. But now he's kind of become that guy who he can get a top 15 every week. The, you know, with Stuart Haas kind of falling back a little bit, well, that gives opportunities to other teams. You know, Michael McDowell at times has run all right uh, on a weekly basis. Now the six and the 17 is up there, which is positive for the sport and overall competitiveness. Um, you know, those guys, I mean, I look at the guy that he replaced, so Richard, Ricky Stenhouse, finished 15th. The, those are two guys that are not known to be running up in the top 15 every week, and you're utilizing the opportunity here in Martinsville this past week to go and get a victory or get whatever you might get. And in their case, they're trying to get themselves points position, and they're putting themselves in a good place to uh, make it through with Stenhouse is 13th and Busher is 14th in points as of now. And um, McDowell, in terms of total points, is on the cutoff, but obviously he's, he's way up front ahead of anybody who has a win. So interesting to see how the back end of this uh, playoff uh, lands out as we go along. Right. Yeah, that's going to be very interesting. And there was one guy that really stood out to me when I looked at the points um, from after Martinsville. And it, the reason why he stood out to me is because I just kind of went, wow, he's he's there? Uh, and, you know, when you look at the 16 drivers, you go, oh, okay, yeah, they're all in good shape. And we talked about this organization, about how good they've been. And, Hendrick, when you look at the overall point standings right now, uh, you got Larson in fourth, Byron in sixth, and Chase Elliott in seventh. And then you have Alex Bowman in 17th. And that 48 car has been okay at times this year, but they haven't really found their consistency yet. And it's a little alarming because, um, like I said, Hendrick's really performing well this year. And he finished third at Atlanta, uh, Bowman. That was by far and away his best run of the year. Uh, But that's a team that, you know, I expect them to be up there, and I don't think they're going to be down in 17th for so long. But if they have a couple more weeks where they have a bad luck, you know, that's going to be interesting to see what they can do. Um, another driver I think that's kind of surprising, and, you know, when you look at his teammate, his teammate's 25th in the standings right now, but you expect a little bit better performance from Kurt Busch in that one car. Didn't have a great run today. Uh, he got involved in an accident, but finished 21st. But, you know, this is a guy, a veteran driver, 728 career cup starts, um, just has yet got off to a great start, fourth in the road course of Daytona, eighth at Homestead, but has yet to doesn't have a better finish, doesn't have a finish better than 15th since. Crashed at Atlanta, crashed today, 16th at the dirt race. They just been eh that one car, and um, you know you expect them to be a little bit better. So th- those are the guys that I think are real close. Um, on a cutoff to where you expect them to be up there. 
uh, and they haven't been. And, and, you know, you still have guys who haven't really figured it out yet as far as uh, consistency, you know, in like Bubba Wallace, you expect the 23 car to be a little bit better than where he is, and he's 19th in points, that, although that's not terrible. Uh, and Tyler Reddick, another guy who I thought ran great today, uh, you expect him to be a little bit higher in 21st, and, and Matthew Benedetto a little bit higher than 22nd in the standing. So, you know, those guys have to really kind of get, get everything together if they want to make these this playoffs. But it's very interesting because you have guys like Stenhouse and Busher who don't have a lot of top 10s this year, but they've kind of top 15, top 20 to get to death. Uh, Busher's got a top 20 in every race other than a 500. Stenhouse pretty much as well. That's the case as well. So they're up there on 13th and 14th. So it's going to be very interesting to see how that all plays out. Um, NASCAR Xfinity Series race today. Well, it was supposed to be run on, on Friday night, rain, and then it was supposed to be run on Saturday. It got rained out, and then it was supposed to be run. Uh, and then So it got to uh, noon today. Um, it got to noon today that the NASCAR Xfinity Series race, the cookout 250, as I apologize, my computer randomly just started talking. Uh, but a very, very popular win today for Josh Berry, who in the Chevrolet Associates number eight for Dale Jr., went out there and led, led 95 laps and won the NASCAR Xfinity Series Cookout 250. Uh, a, a short tracker who is a great short track driver. He's run all these kinds of races at Hickory and, and all kinds of short tracks around North Carolina and South Carolina down in there in the, uh, in the late models. Does a great job today, goes out and wins. Um, and it was a very impressive win at a short track. A guy who I think a lot of people look like – Spencer, who belongs in a top-notch Xfinity Series ride full-time, just doesn't have the money behind him to do that. Uh, but he's won today, very impressive win. What were your thoughts on Josh Berry's victory today in the NASCAR Xfinity Series race? Yeah, that's huge for them. Um, I mean, you take this year that he's had, really. he's um, There's only been one race that he hasn't been in. And, you know, you take back, you just look back at the stats that he's had and the runs that he's had this year. He's ran really well. Um, you know, he might have ran really well and then, you know, wrecked. Um, but the time that he was running on the racetrack, I mean, he was running good. I mean, look at him at Daytona. was running, hell, top five for a lot of it. Um, and, yeah, you can say it's Daytona riding line, but the guy don't have a lot of Xfinity starts. I mean, yeah, he has some, um, you know, several years ago in the 88, uh, Sun Energy was on board for them. So he has a few starts, but he's made one hell of a name for himself in the late model stuff and um, has dominated the late model stuff and won championships and a ton of races. So, uh, I mean, Dale gave him this opportunity and got something together. And that's one thing, you you know, besides if you don't like, you know, Junior just because, of, oh, he only got there because of his dad. That's one thing he's good about. Um is giving guys opportunity and making a name for himself. And that's he's him and Kelly do a great job over there at that organization and giving people opportunities and um and they've they've succeeded. I mean, look what they did to Chase Elliott. They gave Chase a ride and Chase was able to go over there and win the championship and move on. Um they 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 put young kids in those race cars and I'm not necessarily saying Josh Berry's young, but he doesn't have a lot of experience in the Xfinity stuff. So, yeah, you can kind of put him in that same category as they want to give the guy an opportunity to go out and prove himself, and he did that today. He's done a phenomenal job in the race car all year. And, um, you know, sponsors ought to, sponsors ought to keep an eye out. Um, I know he's running half schedule, and then Sam Mayer's going to climb aboard that eight car, and 
and that's when you can kind of see, you know, the cars aren't going to change. So, you know, if Sam Mayer gets in there and, you know, Sam Mayer is a good race car driver too. So if, if the eight car doesn't run near as well, then you can kind of be like, man, Josh, you know, he did a, he did a great job. And he, he's, he's, I like Josh a lot. He's one of those guys that, um, stays to himself, but if you piss him off on the racetrack, he's going to get back to you. He's going to let you know. Um, and I, I kind of like that. So, um, I think he did a great job and he's really good. You know, that's those late model guys are good at the short tracks. And, um, you know, he led a race here at Martinsville where he led a ton of laps, um, in the late models. So, um, hats off to them and everybody over there. And I think they can win another one before his uh, races are up. Well, it is interesting. You talked you talked about a lot there, but when I think of that eight car, you know, last year and the, the years before, they've had a lot of different drivers in that car. Um, and they haven't won, you know, too much in that eight car, at least. You know, Jeff Burton didn't win that car. Daniel Hemrick didn't win that car uh, last year. So Barry gets in there, and the win this year is, is a very impressive win. You know, uh, um, I do think, you know, the unfortunate thing about Junior Motorsports is they have to bring sponsorship there. And you talk about Sam Mayer. That is a great point. I'll have to figure out if, if, you know, there was some talk today about getting Barry a waiver, which um, I like Josh Barry a lot. I really, really love seeing drivers who are talented get opportunities into these rides because it drives me crazy when, you know, all you bring is sponsorship and uh, all you got to do is bring sponsorship money and you get a ride and, and you know, that that's how you get your ride and that's how, or that's how you stay in your ride. And there's numerous examples we can say of that. And Barry's not the case that's not the case at all but i don't want nascar to sit there and say yeah we'll give him a waiver because he did miss i think it was a road course he he missed or one of the one of the other races this year he did miss that and you know the, the rules are kind of um it was a daytona road course the rules are kind of fluid with that you know nascar sort of gives waivers out. i hated the, the waiver they gave to kenseth last year so i guess they'd have to give him one anyway barry but um you know, you bring up a good point. They'll have to create a whole new team for him because Sam Mayer's got that ride. You know, I don't think unless Michael Lynette, they move Michael Lynette out, which wouldn't be horrible, um, unless they move Michael Lynette out or, or something like that, you know, I don't think Allgaier's going anywhere. I don't think Annette's going anywhere. So they'll have to create a fifth ride if they want to keep Barry in that car full, in a, a full-time Xfinity ride or, or close to it. So um, something to keep an eye on, I guess, uh, as the weeks move forward because there was some conversation on Twitter today about that, but uh, a very impressive win, no question about it. They had Paluto in that car. They had Paluto in that car on the road course, yeah. Oh, gosh. Uh, Gregson's second. Third was Daniel Hemrick. Ty Gibbs, fourth. And then Brandon Jones uh, ended up fifth. Some some pretty good runs. I mean, Hemrick, man, Philip Hemrick, you know, he, I love the kid, but he's got he's to win here eventually. I mean, he's up there all the time. He's he's so good. He's been so good this year. Uh Six top tens in seven races this year. Uh, three third-place finishes and a runner-up at Vegas this year. Just hasn't been able to get to victory lane. It's got to be frustrating. Had a good car today. Got a little bit of damage, but uh, a solid day for him, Hemrick. What were your thoughts on the race today from Martinsville? I think for Hemrick, uh, he's kind of accumulating points. I'm sure he wants to win a race. I'm sure that that is a big pressure on him, not only as a driver, but in general. But I also believe that um, Daniel Hemrick is one of the more talented drivers in the sport that has been either undersold or no-sold by other teams, especially RCR. Once he got in the Cup Series, he was only given one year, and their equipment wasn't very good. Um, I look at the Gibbs team around him, and 
uh, his full-time teammates, and he's kind of around where they are. Uh, Ty Gibbs is a is an exception because he's the grandson of the owner and he has talent and they're going to put everything they want to in that. So it's entirely possible that all the energy is going over there. So if anything is being done, like winning stages and being top five in points, it shows a level of sacrifice. And I think um, he's um, going to be able to win here soon enough and probably silence us. Yeah, for sure. Um, sixth place run, Austin Cindric, Harrison Burton, seventh, Justin Haley, eighth, Justin Allgaier, ninth, ninth, and then tenth went to uh, Michael Annette. Some other notables as well. You had Jeb Burton, 11th, uh, A.J. Amendinger, 13th. He didn't do a whole lot today. Uh, no, uh, Jeremy Clements in 14th. Uh, he was better than that. He kind of got – there was some scuffles, scuffling done at the end there. You know, and if you missed it, there was a huge fight at the end of the race between – Joe Goff Jr. and uh, um, uh, Greg Golding. And Golding, who drives the 52 car for Jimmy Means, and, and Joe Grant Jr. drives the number 07 car for Bobby Dotter in the SS Greenlight car. Um, and what was interesting was they sort of were teammates at one point, so that was a little bit interesting as well. But uh, Golding finished 21st today and Graff 38th. I guess they got together on the racetrack and uh, caused some issues. But very interesting, uh, you know, just for, from that standpoint, it's a short track race at Martinsville. What can you do? And, and just to give a quick rundown of the, of the points before we move on to our picks here uh, for Richmond, um, Cedric leads Dennis Daniel Hemrick, Harrison Burton third, uh, Justin Haley and Jeb Burton round up the top five. A.J. Almendinger sixth, but he's got uh, one win this year. Mike Snyder seventh. He's got a win. Justin Allgaier's eighth. He's got a win. Dennis Clements ninth. Brandon Jones 10th, uh, Noah Gregson is 11th, and Michael Annette is 12th. Um, two guys who ha- also have wins who are currently part-time drivers. Ty Gibbs is not going to get a waiver. Josh Berry is sort of, you know, I guess we're in the wait-and-see period of that. Uh, he's 17th in points with a win, so keeping that in mind. But other drivers who might have a chance at this um, playoffs, uh, Brandon Brown in 13th, Riley Harrison 14th, uh, Josh Bear, Josh Williams, excuse me, in 16th, and then you have uh, Ryan Sieg, who's gotten off to a, a dreadful start this year. Unfortunately for him, uh, he's 20th in the standings, and Sieg finished 23rd today uh, at Martinsville, a lap behind. So um, as good as a year he had last year, he's only got two top tens this year. Hasn't been so so good with the transition to Ford, but there's still a long way to go, and, and we'll see if they can rebound and, and make a push for the playoffs in the NASCAR Xfinity Series. we got Richmond next week. Um, it is a uh, triple-header weekend, it looks like, the NASCAR Xfinity Series, NASCAR Truck Series, and NASCAR Cup Series event, of course, runs uh, at – excuse me, it's a double-header weekend. No Xfinity Series race for Richmond. I apologize. I always get that confused. To me, it seems like the Xfinity car should run Richmond and the trucks should run Martinsville, and they've kind of flip-flopped that the last couple of years. Um, so I get confused there, but it's doubleheader weekend, trucks, and cup. So uh, let's review our fantasy picks before we get out of here tonight. Um, you know, for those of you who uh, just started listening to the show, uh, we pick one driver and then one dark horse, and then dark horse is somebody who's outside the top 16 in points. Um, and we kind of calculate that with the formula that I have, and we call it a day. So uh, Spencer led coming into Martinsville. 51 points. Clayton had 38, and Philip had 18. Philip picked Keselowski, 
Uh, he had a tough day, unfortunately. You know, Kozlowski ended up, I think, at like 38th or something to that nature. So a tough day for him. He also had Ryan Priest as his dark horse. Priest had a tough day as well. So no points for Phillip this week. Uh, Clayton picked Clayton picked Denny Hamlin uh, as his pick. Hamlin finished third. That's four points. And then Eric Jones as my dark horse. And uh, he was, I think, 26th. So I don't get any points for that. And Spencer had the winner, Martin Trex Jr. You get five points for that. And then you had your dark horses, Bubba Wallace, who finished 16th. You get two points for that, so that's seven points for Spencer this week. He stretches his lead to 58 points. Clayton's got 42, and Phillip is down to 18 points. Uh, but a lot can change. We've got a couple of interesting weeks coming up, Richmond, Talladega, uh, and a couple of road courses as well where things can change. But um, we'll start, Phillip, again, uh, since you're at the bottom of the standings, and then we'll go to me and Spencer, since Spencer's leading still. Um, Give me your pick and your dark horse, Philip, for who runs well at Richmond. Well, I'm going to take Martin Truex to uh, be my winner. And uh, in terms of outside of the top 16, I'm going to go and pick. Uh, I'm going to end up picking Tyler Reddick as my outside of the top 16. He's somebody that's been taking a positive step forward ever since Homestead. Even Phoenix uh, had some rough runs either way. Uh, those are the guys. I mean, Truex couldn't win on a short track for his whole career, and in the last two and a half years has become the short track ace. So those are my drivers. Okay, I'm going to pick um, uh, the guy that I picked this week. I'm going to go with Chase Elliott, actually. Uh, I think Chase is starting to find some things here for this year, and he's going to uh, have a, a solid weekend at Richmond. And we'll talk about uh, the dark horse. Uh, I'm going to go Bubba Wallace. I think Bubba's going to have a solid day. I feel like that 23 team the last couple of weeks has been pretty good, and uh, they're going to find their legs, and I think they have a solid, solid day um, at uh, Richmond. How about you, Spencer? Give me your picks for uh, Richmond. Um. I will go uh, – I'll take Brad. And then – are we even going to consider – no, I'm not even going to do that. I don't even consider Bowman a, a long shot, even though he's 17th in points, so I'm not going to pick him. Um, I will go um, – If you want to, listen, that's that's within the rules, Spencer. So if you want to go Bowman – I know, but still, he's Hendrick and Bowman. That's okay. That's okay. That that's within the rules. You know, it doesn't matter what team you're with. Uh, you know, Bubba Wallace has a JGR car pretty much. So that's your choice if you want to take uh, Bowman. <laughs> um. No, I'll take. Uh, Give me um, Eric Jones. Okay, Eric Jones. It is. I just feel like um, that's kind of Eric- wrong. Just I, you know. <laughs> That's fine. Listen, I, I'm, I just – it's within the rules, you know. So, uh, But Eric Jones, it is. That's the dark horse pick. So recap, and then we can close out the show tonight. Uh, I do want to get your opinions on a couple of things here before we get out, but let me just say this about Richmond quick. Uh, Philip picked Martin Truex Jr. as dark horse is Tyler Reddick. Clayton picked Chase Elliott as dark horse is Bubba Wallace. And Spencer picked Brad Kozlowski. His dark horse is Eric Jones. Um, Philip. I want to get your opinion on rain tires here quick uh, because I'm not used to 
Uh, and then I'm going to get Spencer's opinion on something else, and then we'll close the show quick. Um, but what do you think about the possibility of running rain tires at flat oval tracks? They tested them last week at Martinsville. Been sort of all over the board. A lot of people have been over the board about it. Um, you are somebody who's very familiar with different styles of racing, whether it's Formula One, IMSA, all that kind of stuff. And I do some rain racing there. Um, what are your thoughts on, on maybe NASCAR uh, going to a, a some rain racing or at least wet weather racing at these short, flat ovals? What are your thoughts? I mean, it's an idea. Uh, it's probably a gimmick uh, when it comes to trying to go and uh, keep get racing back going if there isn't lightning in the area. It's a possibility. Do I really believe that it's going to happen? No. Um, Jim France, of course, is a sports car guy, so maybe he's like, well, let's go and try to run and race in the rain, even for on ovals. But then IMSA, I think, in the last few years has stopped races more than they ever had in the previous 40-something years of the organization. So, I mean, it's the same kind of deal. You gotta, You have to have a plan in place. You also have to have smart methodology in regards to doing things. And, and you also have to really understand what the end game is all about um, when it comes to uh, things like that. I mean, we'll see what happens with that. I don't think it's going to be around for a long time. I think there's pressure coming from TV networks. I think TV networks are saying, hey, we would love to we hate waiting when these ro- when these uh, rainouts come. We hate waiting. We hate waiting. It's stupid. Let's try and, you know, get it. And NASCAR said, okay, you know, we can at least do it for, um, try it at least, or at least look at it for these flat oval tracks. Uh, I think it's ridiculous in my opinion. I'm, I know I'm an old school guy, and, and I probably sit there and get called negative all the time, whatever. But to me, uh, the racing is, is you don't want guys sliding all over the place. And that, to me, that's not entertaining if, if you get guys who, you, know, you can't hold the corner, and you get into a corner, and all of a sudden you're sliding because it's wet out. And to me, that's stupid. But if they think that's fine, whatever. Um, but uh, that's what I want to get your take on this. Just quick before we end the show, uh, Junior Motorsports kind of made a little bit of news today in the after the Xfinity race. I actually had heard something on this about Thursday or Friday that this was a possibility that Junior Motorsports is looking at, or at least toying with the idea of going to Cup uh, in the near future, whether that's next year or the year after. Um, and they pointed at this new car. Now, I also have heard some rumors, uh, and it was kind of confirmed today by uh, Bob Levine, the former owner of Levine Family Racing, that this car might not be totally, this Gen 7 car might not be totally introduced full-time in 2022, which is interesting uh, because it seems like they might not have the inventory to do that, which is very, very interesting. Um, but I guess we'll find that out in a couple more in, in the coming weeks. But just your thoughts on Junior Motorsports going to Cup do you think it's possible? Do you think that was sort of, uh, you know, overblown? I think a lot of people look at it and say, well, it's overblown. But it certainly was interesting that Junior had always said, no, 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 we never go to Cup. And then all of a sudden says, we're gonna, we, we've kind of kicked it around here recently. What are your thoughts on Junior Motorsports going to Cup, Spencer? Well, if you asked me and I was an owner and a big sponsor called me and said, hey, I would love to go cup racing. I want you guys to be the owners of the car. I'll deliver um, three Brinks trucks full of money to your parking lot and your facility, and we'll back it on in, and you guys can unload the money and go to work. 
Um, I don't see Kelly and Dylan Hart Jr. saying no. So, um, and that's just, that's business. I mean, if somebody backed up a lot of money like that and, um, you know, they want to go cup racing, then, you know, they, why turn it down? So uh, as long as they have sponsorship and they get a hell of a driver behind the wheel, and um, I, I don't see why they wouldn't. But, yeah, it's funny that Kelly and Dale always said, no, you know, there's that's not in our sights. Um, we want to stay in the Xfinity Series. We have a great program over here, bringing young talent up and then um, getting their foot into cup. And that was their mentality forever and still is today. So um, if that happens, it will be shocking. But um, it's hard to back up. It's hard to pass up um, trucks full of money. So, um, yeah, that's my take on it. Yeah, it it certainly I think was a kick. It's been kicked around. You know, you look at Brant, who has been a partner there for a long time. That could be an opportunity, maybe to at least go to Cup, oh, uh, halfway or or twelve races and, and maybe piece it together from there. And what's interesting about that is I don't think the Brant people are too thrilled with uh, Grayson. And to me, he would be the option to go to Cup oh, if unless Olgar wants to go up there, which I think Olgar could. But he's got Cup experience in his career, and he you know wasn't didn't end up so great. But that was with a team that had really struggled, but I'm not sure all guys going to want to go to Cup. So um, a, lot, a lot of things to kick around. There's certainly a, a lot of, um, it, you know, chatter, and, and I think it's probably in the preliminary stages. They also got to get a charter, which they'll, they'll mention today, saying that's part of the problem is if we would do it, we'd get a charter because that's how you make your money really in Cup. Um, but it is interesting that this car, and it's just because the car is so cheap, um, at least the Gen, the Gen 7, they're looking at it, it's going to be so affordable, uh, I'm not sure that's the best thing in the world in some cases, but I think the owners look at it and say, well, we'll be stupid not to go to Cup because we're going to make so much money in the long term on this car. Uh, but I want to thank everybody for listening to Talking Circles tonight. Uh, we had a great show, and uh, we'll see you next time. Good night, everybody.